Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Lid and Brit Talk Shit. I'm Brit. <laughs> and I am Lid. Alright, so on today's special episode, they're all special. They're all special, but this one's very special. We've been looking forward to this one. Also, yeah. the dogs are rambunctious. I have two male dogs. Lydia has two female dogs. Oh my gosh. It's rowdy in both households. It's rowdy and it's, it is what it is. It's life. Long awaited episode is on. Drum roll, please. <laughs> Relationship OCD. R O C D is the acronym. So I didn't know what this was until mm, tw- late 2021. I knew what this was in. <laughs> 2019. <laughs> okay. I think I probably felt it way before I knew what it was. Let's let's begin. Let's start where we, like, the moment we learned about it. I think that's important. Okay. Do you remember where you were? Where you were like, oh, my God, this is ROCD, what I'm dealing with? Um, um, excuse me. Sorry. No, you're fine. I think, <laughs> I think <laughs> that it adds character. Yeah. I think that. Um, it was in not my current relationship, but the one before. Okay. And I was just dealing with a lot of fear and anxiety about being in a relationship and feeling (laughs) vulnerable again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and a lot of obsessive thoughts yeah came in just obsessing about the relationship obsessing about its potential demise Mm. obsessing about all the potential things that could go wrong how i could sabotage it Mm -hmm. um but i think the time that i really started to not just feel it but to like actually do something about it (laughs) Because that relationship didn't last very long. So the one that I'm in now is where I really got to, like, learn mm-hmm. and dive into that. And so that's where improvements started to be made. I don't know what your experience was when you first learned. Mine was in my previous relationship. 2019 and it had gone on I think for two years at this moment and I was like just feeling just bad every day like you said it was like repetitive thoughts comparing myself to other women in his life Mm -hmm. um like questioning like his intentions my intention and just you know all around negative thoughts and not enjoying in the moment what was happening in the relationship. But there was one day where I was researching and I'm like, why the fuck do I feel this way? Because this can't be normal. Like something's wrong with me. It must just be me. And so I was researching and it was like, 
I don't know what I looked at, but I was on safari and I'm like, <laughs> why do I constantly feel like my partner is cheating on me or find someone else more attractive? Whatever, whatever, those right, things. Right. And it turned to, into like a whole article. It was like a PDF. It was actually two joint things. It was relationship OCD and sexuality OCD mm. were two linked things. Mm-hmm. And I read about them both. We'll stay focused on our OCD today. But I was like, that sounds exactly what I'm going through, which is relationship OCD. I'm like, yeah. oh my God. And it, reading it, I'm like, it sounds way too specific for it to be real. But I'm like, this is exactly what is happening in my life. Yeah. And what kinds of things did it like outline? Just like the same thing, like down to you'll look at your significant other and question your attractive get a haircut. It's like, am I attracted to this person? And you worry if you're not or like, are they cheating on me? Mm-hmm. Do I love them? Do they love me? Am I worthy enough? Um do they like their ex better? Do they love their ex better? Do they think their ex is more attractive than they think I am? Like, you know, things like that, which they sound almost self-centered in a way where it's all about looks. But for my ROCD, it's a lot about appearance and about yeah. comparison. A lot of people don't understand the severity of that and how incredibly impactful it is to your day-to-day life. Like, you wake up and yeah. you like... I mean, it doesn't matter how trivial it sounds. Like, the the thing that matters is the impact, like you said. And if it's affecting the way that you feel every day, like, something that I've learned in my psychology classes is it's really only, like, an illness or, like, a disorder if it causes you, like, subjective, like, um, dis-ease, like a a lack of well-being. If it impacts your well-being and you're not content, because right. because of um whatever it may be that's when it, it actually appears to be like a problem for you mm-hmm. so I mean that's it sounds like that's exactly what you were experiencing so it's helpful at times to put a name on that and to know that you're not alone in that and I think yeah. like a lot of the time like like myself I didn't know how to label or categorize whatever I was feeling and that can feel super isolating because you're like it this is I'm the only one (laughs) yeah if if you don't know what something is or like how it manifests it just seems weird and it almost seemed like when I was reading online this quote-unquote diagnosis Mm -hmm. I'm like it almost seems too good to be true that this thing is so accurate and describing what I'm going through right so I'm like this can't be a real thing people experience but then you read things you read reviews you Mm -hmm. read you you know you talk to friends like you know me and you and you're like okay this is something people go through they just don't talk about and it's not brought up enough also it's 11 11 so make a wish (laughs) okay I'm making a wish (laughs) okay I made a wish and I really hope it comes true (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm pretty sure it will, though. I never make wishes that I don't think will come true, though. Cause I hope <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> um, but I think it's really like those moments where you say to your friend, like exactly what you're afraid to say to them, like, "Oh, hey, I think I'm struggling with relationship OCD or sexuality." 
but if you feel comfortable enough to like share that with a friend and it's well received and you can actually have a conversation about it that's I think what makes for like the best friendships and that's like I think that's a big reason why we've become so close just because we really dive into that yeah and so like I said it's like I've in the past couple of years, probably because of the pandemic, where there was like, you know, nothing else to do, I've become very open on social media. Yeah. <laughs> in the beginning, it was more of like in a joking way. Mm-hmm. But recent, more recently, I'm like, on Instagram, I mean, it sounds so silly, but it's also so important because social media is something that people witness every day in their life. Scroll through Instagram And I find that I post very real things on Instagram, like stories or Mm -hmm. memes that are very relatable. Yeah. And in the past couple of, you know, years or weeks, months, people have responded being like, oh my God, you know, like I thought I was the only one. Do you really go through this? And I've had someone actually respond being like, hey, I'm opening up a practice that's related to, you know, the sole focus is on ROCD, like, let's get together, whatever, whatever. Wow. Uh, and it's like, you know, I think it's very important to talk about those things because they sound so specific, but it's also, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it just like, when I remember when I researched it and it's, I was like, there's actually like, you know, a title for what I'm feeling mm-hmm. because it felt so. It's real. Yeah. That's how it makes you feel, like, validated. And even if whatever it may be doesn't exactly have, like, a name or a categorization, like, it certainly can make you feel validated and give, like, a sense of realness and legitimacy to what you're feeling. And that can be so valuable when, when you're alone in your thoughts and they feel scary and you're like, I don't know why I'm feeling this and you can't seem to connect the dots. Mm-hmm. Like, I know for me, there were a lot of things that were sort of connected, but I wasn't quite sure how to make sense of it all. And then, like, learning about what relationship OCD is and, like, whether or not that title resonates with you is really besides the point. But because I don't identify with saying I have, like, OCD, mm-hmm. but I could more readily say, like, I can tend to obsess over relationships. Right. And whatever works for you in terms of labels, that is totally up to, like, the individual discretion. And, like, I'm a firm advocate for that. Yeah. Like, I don't think it matters what you call it as long as you're aware of how you feel, how it impacts you, and, like, how you want to move forward with that in your life. Definitely. Yeah. And And I'd say, like... OCD has definitely been a label that I would use for myself. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it runs in my family. I've had the whole, down to when I was younger, it was like, you know, you have to put your shoes in a different way or, like, put them in an orderly way before you go to bed or else someone will die. Like, it was like right, that. Right, I'm laughing about it because it seems, to me, when I was younger, it was like, it felt so real. But now, obviously, it's not one of my OCD triggers, right, I would right. say. But yeah, and that like can change over time and like manifest differently. Like it might not be your shoes, but it might be relationships now. Right. And that's like just as you grow up and change, what you have obsessions and compulsions about can change. 
but I was learning about, um, in my psychotherapy class, I was learning about, like, something that's really hard for people with OCD is simultaneously recognizing how your thoughts, um, are illogical at times, but also feeling, like, that they're so weighty and they can impact your life so much. Like you said, I, if I have this thought or if I don't, if I have a thought that I have to arrange my shoes this way or someone might die, like that's, that's a huge consequence. So you can also realize on the one hand, this doesn't make sense, but you can also feel, but I really feel like with strong, like cogence that that's what, that's what's going to happen. Exactly. So I think it's also hard when you are competing like against your brain like in the ter- in terms of relationship anxiety, I know yeah. from my perspective, what's been hard to reconcile is feeling and knowing that I'm in a loving, safe and trust trusting relationship and then yeah. to also deal with and reconcile fears. I don't feel that I necessarily, like, have to put a label on it, but sometimes that helps, and sometimes it doesn't fit, and that's fine, Um, but. Yeah, I think, I mean, I know firsthand that probably ROCD was a big part of my previous relationship ending. Okay. I mean, that was a huge, huge part of it. There were just things, I mean, obviously things that I had to work on that I wasn't actively working on, but other things that the other person was just refusing to understand. I see. And not putting effort in that way. And it was like, when that happened, I think I trained my brain to think that nobody could understand yeah. what ROCD is. But then, you know, I met not to name drop, but I met Mitch. <laughs> no, it's it's true though. All it takes is one person to make person. you feel validated and loved. And it can completely change the way that you perceive yourself and perceive what you're going through. Like all it yeah. takes is one person to listen to you and make you feel like you're not fucking crazy. Yeah, exactly. So name drop away. Because oh. that's such an important impact and I think both of our boyfriends like not to get fucking sappy right now but both of them have done a phenomenal job being there and supporting through some of this like shit that's difficult and that not everyone can or is willing to like support someone through yeah yeah even like even there to call you on your shit like I think the I, one of my ROCD tendencies is to ask repetitive questions like, do I look good from this angle? Am I pretty? Blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And my previous relationship, that behavior wasn't questioned. So it almost trained my brain to be like, it's okay that I'm asking those, even though it was extremely unhealthy. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't questioned because there was no desire to fix anything and there was no effort being put into the relationship. So it would just be like, yeah, yeah, you look great there. Yep, you're fine, whatever. Yeah, maybe. Like, it's now it's like, if I do that, Mitch is going to call me out on my shit and say, hey, 
you're you're exhausting me with this repetitive question why are you asking this so many times i've mm-hmm. already answered that what's the deal right and it sounds aggressive in in the moment but it's you know it's what i need i'm like oh shit like this person recognizes this pattern and has like the ability but also is sympathizing toward me in the sense where they're they're paying attention to my behavior, which exactly. I think is super important. And they're noticing you. Yeah, they're noticing you, which never happened before. And I'm like, right. Even when they're, you know, obviously Mitch is being like, "Hey, cut the shit." Like, but even yeah. though he's saying that, I'm like, he's noticing me, and he's noticing my patterns and behaviors, and it's so much healthier that way. And he's he's not just noticing it and not saying anything, but he's noticing it and wanting to work on it with you. Yeah, And not just say like, oh, this is weird about you, but to work on it with you and to better the relationship through that. Right. And that's really like, I think all you can ask for out of a partner when you're dealing with this kind of, also, sorry for the sirens, I'm in a city. (laughs) And I'm in a suburb. (laughs) (laughs) All you can ask for is for someone to be patient with you Mm -hmm. and to listen and to feel empathy, which you shouldn't have to ask for, by the way. But, <laughs> Definitely. but just like patience and listening goes so far and yeah. that's really in my opinion all I can ask for from FX yeah or like there's so much effort is put into just sitting there and questioning something like mm-hmm. like I in, in my previous relationship it was never like why do you feel the need to mm. ask those questions? Like there was never, there was no curiosity because curiosity means, you know, like a curiosity. I feel like put there's effort in curiosity. <laughs> yeah. So let's just keep it at that. So now it's For like, sure. just like, why do you feel the need to ask that? Like, let's dissect this. Like, what's the problem? Yeah. And, and the I'm, two of you oh, are shit. like <laughs> little scientists together. Yeah. And in, my, in the moment, I'm like, fuck you for asking that. But I'm also like, right. oh, my God, this is what I need. I need someone to be like, hey, what's the problem? Like, I why know. are we doing this? Like, I'm... sometimes for me, like, one of the things that I would obsess about was my my moods. And I would feel like whenever I was in a bad mood, it was like, horrible and that meant maybe I wasn't in the right relationship yeah I would feel like well when I'm in the right relationship I will never be in a bad mood everything will always be perfect and I'll always feel in love yeah excited to see this person I will never everything will just be fucking peachy keen like the movies right putting that pressure and that expectation that's so unrealistic and unfathomable on myself like all it did was just hurt more and made me question myself even more and feel worse. And it's like when you're already in a relationship that's hard to be in after you've been in relationships that have hurt you, like yeah. the last thing you need is to beat yourself up more. Yeah. Um. So FX has been absolutely amazing. Like, shout out. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Shout out. This is Instagram. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I'm so, I'm, I'm so bad about. I mean, wait, that's another. It's <laughs> another topic. <laughs> oh, he's been so good at 
saying like you you're a human you're absolutely allowed to feel moods that is like normal and expected and there's no expectation on my end for you to feel do or be any certain way like whoever you are I'll meet you there I love you like I'm here for you we're on the same team Mm. and like that has been so invaluable and something that I've never like you you don't know what you need always until you get it and then it just hits different (laughs) and then you're like oh that that's what that's what I want so I think actually like a quote-unquote perfect which fuck that word yeah but an ideal relationship like I've banned the word perfect in our relationship by the way because as like a recovering perfectionist I fucking can't go like I can't touch that word with a six-foot pole like (laughs) but I think like for me like I learned that like an ideal relationship is not one where there's no conflict it's not one where you don't feel any kind of negative emotion but it's one where nothing within like healthy boundaries is on like insurmountable yeah like there's no conflict that you can't move through that doesn't feel like a huge like betrayal to one person or another you know right um that's what I mean when I say like within boundaries like to me like there's hard no's (laughs) yeah and that's that's and that's fine like I don't I don't think love in a relationship has to be unconditional to be honest like I do think there are conditions for me there's conditions cheating that's a condition a hundred percent any kind of abuse or assault and I know that these topics get very complicated and emotionally charged but just like from a moral standpoint from a like idealistic standpoint of like what I visualize in my ideal relationship like these are hard hard nose hard boundaries yeah Definitely. And I think that that's pretty common. Yeah. Um, but I think going back to, it, it sounds so silly to say, but finding someone who just pays attention, mm. which again makes it seem like that my standards are so low, mm. but it's really hard. I mean, paying attention in class versus paying attention to an entire living existing human every day is different and I think someone who pays attention to your behaviors to your emotions your physical movements things like that and then Mm -hmm. they comment on it and understand how to work with it is a huge thing which I didn't have in my previous relationship but like now it's like with Mitch we'll be in public and I could do something like the tiniest bit different and he'll say Mm -hmm. hey are you feeling anxious? Yeah. Step outside. Are you okay? Do you need something? And I'm like, I'm, I'm almost like, I'm all with, uh, aggressive. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, how the hell did you know? Because like, they're I'm, calling like, you out. Anxious. Yeah. And yeah. I like to be called out because it's like, oh shit. I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling anxious. Like, what's going on? And there are some times where it's, you know, like more legit stuff. Like, hey, I'm going to like, this is a really tight room. It's hot. Like I'm feeling anxious. I need to step outside. But then there are times where I'm like, yeah, you said something. You said that small thing. Like, hey, look at that person's shirt. It's a cool shirt. Mm-hmm. And my anxiety is like, oh my God, he's into that person. Like he thinks she's attractive, whatever, whatever. So then he's like, 
hey, he's so he's so focused in my, I guess in my like actions where he'll be like, hey, after, after, I, after I said I like that person's shirt, you got quiet. Like he'll be wow. so hyper focused, and I'm like. Oh my God, you're right. I did. I did get quiet. I don't he know. notices like in, in like behavioral therapy, it's like there's the antecedent, the behavior, and then the consequences. So he's noticing what directly like happens before the antecedent of your behavior, which is going quiet or having some kind of anxious tick or whatever. Yeah. And then the consequences of that he's like directing the consequences asking you like what's going on and moving through that with you like honestly that's amazing like emotion regulation like with you and like kudos to mitch for that but also before you mentioned something about like having a partner who understands you and i think whether or not they immediately understand you is really not important but whether or not they want to understand you is real yeah. is really like the emphasis because yeah. you can't expect people to read your mind or to anticipate your needs and the only way that you can really do that is to kind of <laughs> I mean within reason you kind of want to give someone a blueprint not like right. step by step instructions but like a blueprint on how to best like love you yeah. And a lot of people are like, I don't want to have to teach my partner. or, But you also cannot expect them to be a mind reader. So you kind of have to meet them in the middle. Like you don't have to teach someone how to listen to you or how to not gaslight you. Of course, you shouldn't have to treat teach someone. someone how to have empathy. But you might have to teach them how to support you in a given situation. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I think that's a huge thing online too, especially on TikTok. There's mm. that whole thing the entire trend where it's like if they wanted to they would fuck that trend honestly that (laughs) comes across my mind probably like 12 times a day because i'm like okay if you know if mitch wanted to he would but i'm like would i know to get him i don't know like the tiniest thing would i know to pick him up his favorite food at the store if he didn't tell me what his favorite food was right he can't read your mind yeah I think, like, on a certain extent, I understand, like, if he wanted to call you, he would. But then again, there have been times where I have not called someone or not texted someone and I wanted to. So you kind of just have to think, like, yeah, if he wanted to, he would, but also leave room for someone else to be a fucking human. Right. Like, you can't... I think like at the risk of sounding like devil's advocate i think there's way too much all men statements out there right now yeah i think there's a lot of men who have a lot of looking in the mirror to do (laughs) a lot more than that actually but but it's not everyone like and being with someone who is a good fucking person does so much to teach you and both of us have great fathers too so it's not it's it's not all men so I I and I think it's really detrimental to guys who are good to have that in their ears 
And it's also very detrimental to women who want to date men going into relationships with them with a kind of bleak and really negative like predisposition toward the men that they're dating because you're going into it thinking, well, all men will, you know, lie, cheat, etc. And that can really set you up for negativity in the relationship that may not exist in that dynamic without that kind of sentiment already existing. And like whether or not that was the exact kind of relationship that um, a father specifically or a parent or anyone, like there's always like time for that relationship to come about. And I think a lot of the time when you're not expecting anything, <laughs> right. I don't know how it was with you and Mitch, but I did not expect anything when I met my now boyfriend. I didn't even yeah. want anything. I was yeah. actually anti. I had just gotten my dog, Ezra, and I was like, it's Ezra and me against the world. I have my own apartment, whatever, whatever. And then I just went to a party and I met him and, yep, my life just kind of changed from there. But we'll get into that in another episode. <laughs> Love stories. Yeah, but, like, you are you don't expect it. And, like I said before, it, it just takes one person to, yeah. to change the narrative that you tell yourself about relationships. It really does. Because you think in the moment, you're like, oh, my God, there's nobody out there yeah. who will understand. Or, like, I'm just going to, you know, it'll just be another failed relationship or yeah. another failed situation where I'll feel shitty Mm-hmm. I'll just single for the rest of my life. But then you do the whole single thing and the fucking around and you're like, like, I have so much, re- I all due respect that the single, like, fucking around phase, awesome. But also it's like, it's so, there are so many parts of it that do not fulfill. I was going to say. Aspects. And so you think like, this is it, this is how it's going to be. But then when like you meet that person, it's like, oh shit. <laughs> it's almost daunting this is what I I think I felt overwhelmed because I was like I realized that I'm gonna have to deal with my shit now yeah and I'm gonna have to confront this like it's being single is hard for its own reasons because maybe you're lonely maybe you're trying to fill a void with hooking up with people or like dating apps or whatever like you're trying to fill a void mm-hmm. in one way or another And then when you're in a relationship, that's hard. So you, like, have to choose your hard. Like, every situation that you're in in life has its own set of unique challenges. Yeah. And so it's really about, like, I would rather be in a relationship with FX than be without FX. (laughs) And I couldn't say that for every relationship that I'd been in. Like, in certain situations, the pros of being single outweighed no, the, the pros of being in a relationship. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. kind of like a... I was talking about this with one of my friends today about, like, a, a return of investments. Like, mm. you, you think about, like, how much a, a given situation will benefit you, and then you decide if it's, like, worth it to... Like, a lot of people do pros and cons less, and I think <laughs> it's kind of helpful. Oh, definitely. But what was the point I was trying to make? <laughs> I don't remember my god 
oh, just that every situation can have its difficulties and it's really just about like thinking how much someone can add to your life, like what value they add and like if it's truly like beneficial and productive for you as an individual and your growth yeah. um, to have that person in your life. And when you feel that way, whatever like the challenge is, like dealing with relationship OCD or conquering some kind of like fear like or just addressing it not even like conquering it because it might it might still be there but it it might become more manageable like you you'll want to rise to the occasion and and make efforts to meet that challenge because that person will feel worth it yeah and I think avoidance is a now that I think of it I don't think I've ever thought about this before but like in my phase where I was you know on the dating apps and I was Mm -hmm. going from one person to another in the moment I was like oh my god I'm so confident like I can just show up to a date with a random person and feel confident and be like whatever wherever this goes it's fine but I think it was like an avoidant type situation right where I was avoiding that intimacy where I knew that previously it didn't work out because I was so vulnerable and I was learning things about myself that obviously were kind of a struggle and I it was challenging for me in certain situations so I was like where what I'm doing right now where I'm just going from one person to another and dating app being like you know it, it was through the phone and didn't have to meet anyone it was working but I'm like I would much rather put in the work you know you find that person right so much it's so challenging, but it's also like, this is what needs to be done. <laughs> it's so challenging, but it's so rewarding. It's so rewarding because you're like, oh shit, this is really, really good, but I'm struggling in this sense and this can't go on. I need to fix this. And it's almost like before, like those feelings, I'd be like, oh, this is just it must be just be the it must be the wrong person. Right. I gotta move on and I won't have those feelings or I won't have those anxieties. Mm-hmm. But it's like no, it follows you with everybody. So you have to work on yourself in order to continue and, and meet new people and let it work and mm-hmm. go through that process. So I've learned that. I think I heard some quote somewhere that was like everywhere you go you bring yourself. <laughs> so it's like yeah. When, damn it, fuck. I didn't want that, no. No, but it's like when people would go on trips and they say like, oh, I'm going to go find myself. I It never really made sense to me because like, sure, going on vacations and looking around the world, like that's amazing. Like it, traveling and exploring, like it might add value to your life and you can see things from like a different perspective, but like you're not going to find yourself like where I, I can see you. <laughs> Like, like you're right there like everywhere you go you take yourself like so whether you're in your bed at your parents house or your college dorm or you're in freaking Paris wherever you are like it's it's you who's there and like if you're in a relationship with your person or if you're in a relationship also I don't know what everyone's perspective is on your person I I'm just saying my person because that's what resonates with me, but yeah. Yeah. Um, whether you're with your person or 
you're not or you're just with someone who teaches you stuff <laughs> um there like it manifests differently I think with every person because people bring out different things in you but it's still you yeah you're still there with yourself dealing with yourself <laughs> hopefully embracing <laughs> yourself yeah. um so I, I just think, like, realizing that wherever you go and whatever relationship you're in, it's not going to be perfect. Even if you're in the relationship for you, like, perfect meaning without any challenge. Yeah. Without any kind of, like, distress. Because, like, even, like, just think about, like, the most perfect, in your opinion, perfect person that like you think of if you like like for instance like Blake Lively (laughs) but you like watch an interview and she's like super honest about like having anxiety or stuff or things that some people don't perceive as fitting that mold of perfect yeah so and 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 her marriage I'm sure she like would talk about how she and Ryan Reynolds still have arguments (laughs) you know it's real it's real like that's that's real life real life is like changing your kid's diaper and having an argument about like the way that someone like said good morning to you because it rubbed you the wrong way like that's that's life (laughs) yeah and Um, i think like it's so interesting because when we were talking about like spending a day with yourself and being there with yourself I'm like oh my god like I'm like fuck that bitch like I don't want to be there with myself <laughs> because I think about it, I'm like on a daily basis I'm not with myself I am with my inner critic mm. and my inner child and that's what's fulfilling my every day shit and I don't actually spend an entire day with myself because thinking about that is so exhausting because it's so much work trying to avoid the inner critic and the inner child I'm like wow shut them up and be like fuck right off like I'm trying to be with Lydia right now and that moment is so tiring so I'm like I never just want to be with myself yeah because it's it's not just you it's three is a crowd it's a crowd it's too much yeah and I think I I really love what you just said and I'm kind of just like sitting with that right now because and I think the next time that I feel like nervous to be on my own for one reason or another I should just realize that like I'm not nervous to be with the highest self of Brit I'm nervous to be with like my inner child who feels like my unmet needs are like resurfacing and making me feel inadequate in one way or another or my inner critic is just beating me up and like obviously people in your life who make you feel like shit you don't want to be around yeah (laughs) like hopefully and <laughs> I mean sometimes you end up being around them and you don't want to be around them but you know it's not it's not always cut and dry but it's, yeah. it, it's the same thing like of course you don't want to be around yourself in one way or another you don't want to be alone with your thoughts those intrusive thoughts my god we we should have an episode on that yeah I think that we should stop here for relationship OCD, and maybe we can talk about intrusive thoughts. 
on the next episode. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, it's been such a pleasure and a joy. And thank you for being so vulnerable, Lydia. <laughs> thank you. And we'll be with you next time. See ya.